Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Feels weird. Haven't been here in a while. Same. Yeah, welcome back. People probably think I don't exist anymore. (laughs) We're back to like the 2018 theory that Zach was fake. I think people still think you exist because you're good at scheduling out LinkedIn posts and you don't die while Mm. you're actually gone. I'm going to die one day and like my LinkedIn's just going to post for three more weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I get um, on Facebook, I get friend requests from my dead grandma Mm. because they're like hacking her account. Oh, I thought you meant she had service up there. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. Is that too Uh, soon? Uh, It's never never, too soon. Never too soon. Uh, no, so it's like, mm, Dola. Dola? Her name is Dola. Well, that was weird. I remember when my uh, my mamma anime was like 83 years old when she got Facebook. And I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. That's the end of Facebook for anybody that was still on there and left on. Erica likes it. You still, you, but you like with your family and stuff, right? It's like how you keep up with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. It's overwhelming. Facebook yeah. Marketplace. That's what it is. I do sell a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace. I just utilize people I know who have it because I don't use it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erica means she would. She thinks about selling on there. The, if the uh, IRS is listening, she's never sold anything. Nope. Right. Facebook never Marketplace. sold counterfeit mm-hmm. boots. You know, they're hiring up all these people now to be able to investigate the little man. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you and I talked a little bit before the show, Derek, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I'm now confused because you said you've been fishing in Tennessee, mm-hmm. but you were also in Florida, I was. which are not necessarily close to each other. They're not. I, so I was thinking about this the other day. In the course of what was three weeks at the time, I had fished everywhere from Lake Erie all the way down to the Gulf. That's pretty good. Because we started up in Erie on our walleye trip, and then the week after that, I was fishing in Florida at Panama City Beach, mm-hmm. and then about a week after that, I was doing a bunch of fishing in Tennessee, um, going down there and visiting my dad because he's moved down there now. Um, so they're living on a lake down there, a small lake. And then we also met up with Caleb from Go Wild, Caleb Goss, Appalachian Assassin, yeah, yeah. and did a little creek wade one day for smallmouth also. Caleb is like, whenever he gets tagged on a post, I know that the most insane knowledge is about to be dropped. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude knows his stuff. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, he's very like, knowledgeable. Jacob, no offense. Like, I tagged Jacob, and I know I'm about to get some really good answers. But then Caleb comes in, and he's, like, talking about the breeding habits of, like, in, in the, the the nucleus of the, the, you know, the eggs being, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's insane. It's another level. He goes to another level that I didn't know existed unless mm-hmm. you were, like, a field biologist yeah. level of nerd. Yeah. He he knows his stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he went to school for a lot of it, too. Did he? So, okay, yeah, this yeah. is making sense now. Yeah, he went to school for a lot of it and worked quite a well, I mean, his job more or less now deals with all that too. So, I mean, does it? Okay, you know him better. I mean, I only know him through his go wild content, yeah. which is never like professional. He's just talking about mm-hmm. you know all his fishing and it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, yeah. fun stuff. And I, I think probably only half of what he actually does makes it on there too. That's oh, the really? Other crazy part. I mean, he's just he's always at it. 
versus me lately where I'm like, I caught this bluegill, and guess what? It's going on my time long because that's <laughs> all I've gotten to do lately. Wait, so you guys met on Go Wild? Yeah, that's how I met Caleb initially, but then we've met up and hunted and fished and stuff. How does that happen? Like you guys just talk on post, and then all of a sudden yeah. you just slide into the DM. It's the same way that, <laughs> I mean, Mike Larson ended up, hunting turkey hunting with rick and they stayed at another mm-hmm. go a wild mm-hmm. members yeah. cabin mm-hmm. it was that nick nate nate, nate, yeah, nate nate that's who it was uh yeah just it's what we do very Erica. organic very organic yeah. but short of alabama i've fished in every state in these last you know month basically from ohio kentucky tennessee didn't hit alabama but then florida so like draw a straight line from erie to the gulf i've I guess I need to go to Alabama real quick and do some fishing. Yeah. You know, the irony, I got to go back to this. The irony of you asking him how it happened is like he started posting on there and then he ended up working here. He just kind of <laughs> yeah. got sucked in yeah. that way. Like it's, it's really true. from all directions. Yep. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, you missed Alabama, huh? Yeah, I missed Alabama. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I could always swing down there real quick. But. <laughs> so the PCB thing's interesting because you fish pretty close to there quite a bit. Yeah, a couple hours. Um, yeah, so, but it's like similar. Yeah. More so than like when I'm asking you about South Carolina, they're very different because mm-hmm. um, it's clear water. Uh, and we well, were talking. it's Atlantic versus Gulf. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that are different. But the um, one of the biggest things I've noticed from like fishing on the Gulf and when I try to surf fish in South Carolina, it's just like how muddy looking the water. Like the water is very uh, opaque almost <laughs> coming through compared to what you're fishing in. So I wanted to hear a little bit of like, I first tell the listeners, Derek, what you were doing and some of the fish you were kind of getting into. And I just want to hear Jacob's commentary on it because he's done this so much. And he's really probably the best surf angler I know uh, personally. Like there's a bunch of people on Go Wild that do it mm-hmm. that are probably, you know, more advanced because they do it all the time but like in kentucky mm-hmm. jacob's one of the guys that does it the most that i, I hear so i kind of just want to hear his feedback on like what you were up to yeah so we were just down there on vacation i was just fishing in the morning for like two ish hours mm-hmm. give or take every morning wake up before everyone and get down there and just do a little surf fishing the what was the biggest problem i had while we were down there the whole time was the algae was very bad mm. the whole time we were down there um there was one morning even the algae was very bad and it was very choppy that morning and i got out there got one rod set and by the time i got the second rod set the waves even with that three ounce sinker on it had washed my line completely up to me and it was just caked in algae so that morning i was like ah, i'm not getting any fishing in this morning um but every other morning was fine um short of the algae but like what are the fish? Do they like move back behind? The, like is that kind of caught up in the surf or like what do you? What would you do in that situation? Uh, Not the fish. The answer is <laughs> go to the bay side. Um, yeah, you know it really. It kind of depends on what the vegetation is. Sometimes that stuff will keep carry with it microorganisms that then bring in like the yeah. bait fish and mm-hmm. you know so on and so forth. So it just kind of depends. Honestly, it's more frustrating as an as an angler because that stuff is constantly getting on your line yep. and you're, you know, you're pulling through all that crap. Uh, and I don't think the fish can see it as well if your stuff is up in all the, the grasses and everything. And so, uh, you know, I would definitely just kind of pull it in at that point, go to the bay, try yeah. to find somewhere that's cleaner water. Which if I was down there more for me and just, fishing on a fishing trip i definitely would have done that but this was you know the girlfriend's family's vacation i'm just the tag along there i have a couple hours every morning so i'm just gonna run down to the beach real quick and fish for a little bit um 
so I had all intentions of having like one rod out, kind of like surf fishing, and then I was going to be doing a lot of casting spinning with another rod. Um, Jacob got me hooked up with all the stuff I needed for that. Well, I found out very quickly, mainly due to that algae, that like this wasn't going to work. Uh, I needed to get out past that algae. So what I do, I ended up rigging up the other rod as a surf rod also, and I just used basic pompano rig, three-ounce sinker on the bottom of it, uh, bought the first night we were there at Walmart, bought some fish bites, which I know like hit or miss. Um, but it was something. And what I would do is I would wade out pretty much as far as I could wade out, usually like almost up past my shoulders and then cast as far as I could. And you get a good cast with that three ounce sinker on the mm-hmm. bottom. I mean, you're throwing a bowling ball out there and then keep the bale open, walk all the way back to the beach, close the bale. I had two rod holders, set them in the rod holders, get just enough, like tension on that line where they're just going straight out set the drag real loose and just wait and it was a lot more fun than i thought it would be actually um caught a few whiting and i ended up using the whiting as bait was just cutting them up and putting them on the pompano rigs and then caught black tip shark that we were talking about and then the last day we were there i hooked into something huge no idea what it was fought for about a minute saw it splash on the surface one time and then it cut the line completely off never saw it again and i'm thinking there was some bigger sharks in the area that day because later in the day when we were on the beach like the helicopters were flying around a lot there's people with pickup trucks driving up and down the beach looking out with binoculars dudes with jet skis way out past everybody looking for something um and then what are the the ramira is that what they're called the fish that attach to the sharks i don't know what they're called i, I want to say they're called ramirez they got like a really crazy looking top of their head and that's like how they attach to the shark but that morning like several of them were washed up on the beach dead i'm like well if these guys are in the area you have to think that probably a shark is too yeah Where were i mean you? i thought he was a firefighter but he sounds like a detective yeah. <laughs> <laughs> panama city beach okay well that's where so you were there this week no, this was the beginning of this month. Those oh, this has all been, the, yeah. the well, nightmarish yeah, currents. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Donovan was just there last week. Okay, yeah. No, so. this is the beginning of this month, and mm. then the next week was when we were down in Tennessee visiting my dad. What would you catch in Tennessee? A lot of bass. Yeah. Um, so the lake that he lives on has tilapia in it, actually. Mm. Um, they stock it with tilapia, and so I was trying to catch them and i thought it would be easy and apparently it's not but i also didn't put a whole lot of effort into it i only took the kayaks down there i think if i had taken my boat out and actually got out further on the lake i probably would have had better luck with it um but we caught a lot of largemouth on the lake uh, that he's living at and i was telling jacob i was it's a tricky lake because it's not very it's not one of those lakes where you cast and you're gonna get a bite every few casts like you had to fish for a while but when you did get a hit, it was a nice size bass. Um, we caught several, probably three-ish pounders, um, and then some a little smaller than that. But not a whole lot of fish off that lake. But the ones you did catch were quality. Dang. And then we went and did the uh, creek wade one day for smallmouth. And that day it, it rained the whole time we were down there. And that's kind of a joke with me and Caleb. Every time we go hunting or fishing together, it's just always flat pouring rain. So I was like, am I even here if it's not raining? Like, So we were doing that uh, creek wade and just getting dumped on. And at one point when we first got out there, I mean, it was thunderstorms. We just kind of took cover for a little bit and let it pass and then got back out there. But really nice small mouth fishing on that lake. Caleb caught probably six or seven. Uh, one was very nice. I caught a decent one uh, and then some smaller ones. And then 
uh, my girlfriend was able to catch her first smallmouth, and it was a really nice one too. So really good, really good fishing. So when are you going back for Alabama? I don't know. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you work. could make it. Yeah. That's uh that's the only one I didn't hit in uh, all those states, but yeah, th- I already told some of you guys the story, but I'll tell it again. My my funny vacation story was like we get there, we get unpacked, and my wife has been like sitting over in the corner on her phone while I'm unpacking. She's laughing. She's like, "Look at this video." She hands me a video of a guy in South Carolina in in the city we're in, and he um is fishing in a pond. It's a brackish pond, and all of a sudden you see this gator swimming like full speed at this dude. And then he's 10 feet from the bank and then the gator is out and it's the full run. Like not that lazy walk they do on like he's got legs out and full run. The dude sprints away. The thing probably chases him 20 feet. And uh, she's like, yeah, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that is crazy. (laughs) And that's all we talked about. And then like the next day i didn't fish uh i think that was the night we got there i didn't fish on sunday and i I, we're staying next to this brackish pond which i didn't know was brackish till last year i thought it was fresh and then uh the i'm texting with jacob and i'm like yeah i think like like this could be really good because we're i'm showing him on the map there's all these channels that come into it uh, and creeks and like all these different ways this is connected to salt and i'm like and and the uh the fish are just like, there's mullet coming out all over the place. And I'm telling Jacob about it. And he's like, dude, like he, he I can like hear Jacob getting excited <laughs> through the text messages of like, we're talking about, I'm sending him pictures of it. And, uh, he's like, yeah, man, it's gonna be really good. So the next morning I'm like, well, the, uh, the lady last year when I was down here told me to, um, fish with either live or dead, like frozen shrimp on those brackish ponds, which was different than like I was fishing those frogs and the cooter mm-hmm. smacks like that fishing like a bass pond. And she's like, no, nah, it's not what you want to do. So I get the, the frozen shrimp. I walk out at like five thirty in the morning, real happy with, or maybe six, six o'clock, like real pumped to catch some fish. I cast three times. I get a hit. Um, but I had to rebate. And on that last cast, I'd look out and there's a gator sitting right in the middle of the water, maybe 30 yards from me. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, he came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I didn't see him before. And I cast a couple more times, and, and then he starts slowly coming in. And then the third cast, like, while it's still midair, all of a sudden I can see the full, like, wide strokes of his tail. And he's probably, like, six feet, not a monster, but also, like, I'm six feet. And I'm like, I'm very outmatched in this, right? <laughs> it's like, this doesn't end well for Brad. Uh, maybe there's something that people that fish – these kind of, like you're talking about, uh, like maybe uh, Corey, right? Or Caleb, sorry. Like maybe people that fish around, yeah. like do this more often would know what to do. I'll tell you what I did. I left. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just like, nope. I just saw the video of the, the gator chasing the dude out of there. And at the end of it is the game warden saying like, a fed gator is a dead gator. If they're coming, if they're, they're swimming at you like this, they're going to be aggressive when they get to this, like the whole thing. So oh like, all right, gosh. I'm outie. So I left <laughs> and I get back at the house to get my one wheel to go down to the beach. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I was out back and the a gator kind of ran me out of the pond. And so now I'm going to go to the beach. She's like, I thought you were going to the beach the whole time. I literally showed you the video of the gator chasing the guy <laughs> to tell you not to fish back I there. I tried to warn yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and because last year I, I had probably told the story on here of like I was fishing with those frogs and my $12 frog got stuck in that tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Well, 
I've casted with this thing like maybe five minutes. I'm getting my frog back. So I waded up to my thighs in, in the water, and I knew there were gators back there to get the, the frog loose. And I got in trouble for that, too, because I came in, and she's like, why are you wet? That was last year. She's like, why are you wet after fishing back there? I was like, well, there's a situation. This is like two years in a row. Oh because then uh, – It was a $12 frog. Yeah, I was like, it's 12 bucks, and I, ju- I just bought it. And then uh, the next – like later that morning when I went out there – where I had just waded through, there was literally a gator sitting where my foot stepped, looking at me down this embankment. So, uh, anyways, Brad's forbidden from fishing the brackish water uh, the pond behind the cabin anymore, the the, the beach house. But uh, I ended up, I finally caught something surf fishing yep. after years of trying and having no idea what I was doing. I first started this with fish bites mm-hmm. uh, on 30A, a uh, little bit, I believe it's north from where you mm-hmm. were yep. <clears throat> originally, um, and did horrible. Had no idea what I was doing that year. It was 2019. And then I've been back to South Carolina a couple of times, but at first, you know, was trying fish bites and trying, like, a lot of the casting stuff that I think Jacob has done and it sounds like you were trying to do mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the Gulf, but – the guy last year finally told me, he's like, dude, you, you he's like, you can, but there's no structure over there and the water's really dark. And he's like, you're pretty much going to have to just use dead shrimp or live, live bait. Like it's just, it's so much harder because the, the scent is all that matters. Mm-hmm. And so I did that this year. I finally listened to the powers that, uh, or the, the people that know of the, like the local guide was telling me last year to use shrimp and I didn't do it. And then my fishing guide, like the actual guy that took me out on that fun trip last year, um, George Tangalos out of Fripp Island told me finally. So I finally just was like, I'm going to buy some shrimp and just leave them in the freezer. And that was the hot ticket. So caught a hammerhead one morning, caught a stingray. And I bet that was really funny to watch because there was like, you know, the whole thing where we are is like always watching for stingrays because there's so many yeah. of them. And I get that thing up on the water and I, I sent Jacob a picture of just the stingray and the surf. And I'm like, the, and you can clearly see my pompano rig on it. And I'm like, the moment you realize you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> yep. Well, how do you take off the Exactly, stingray? Erica. And, and like in the moment, I'm like, well, I don't want to kill this stingray, but also I don't know what I'm doing. So I didn't Google it. Uh, I just carried it up to my bag and flipped it over, which I later learned is controversial on if you should flip over a stingray on its back or not. Uh, don't, don't they have like the tail that is gonna? Yeah, they have a barb. You? Yeah, now that would be like crazy rare, but it is apparently very, very painful to be stung by one. Mm-hmm. And you have to. Uh, someone was telling me early, a few weeks ago, you to get the barb out, you have to like sit in scalding hot water and let it soak and to get i don't know i've never done this but that's what i was told mm. um you have to pee on it yeah that's yeah no it's stingray's poop jellyfish poop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it has to be runny poop so it's got to be after like Wait, coffee. Someone? Uh, poop on my- but no i said i basically flipped it over i put my bag on it this is so overkill after like after i did it i realized how stupid i probably looked but i'm like i don't know how much they flop around because the only stingrays i've ever caught were last year on that boat but these those were like massive stingrays super scary barb situation and we didn't even mess with them he's just cutting line and like you can have the hook right but this was my only only popping over rig yeah. and i'm like i'm not giving it up uh also like i just felt i was like looking at it and i'm like i can get this out if i can get him flipped over so it came right out um and then was I, it in its mouth yeah it was a good hook set and everything okay. like everything was perfect uh but then i was like oh i gotta get this back to the water because i'm an idiot and carried it all the way up to my bag and i'm like trying to pick him up by my hand and i couldn't really 
it wasn't a big stingray. It was mm-hmm. fairly small. He's like this, like, well, pipe light if you can't, can't see and you're not watching the video. Uh, but so then I'm like plier carrying him back, which I'm sure wasn't great, but uh, it, it got him in there and he lived. He didn't float up like the hammerhead did a couple of times. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't see him anymore. So like, I don't know. It's the ocean. Nothing goes to waste. I figured it out. Yeah. But then I caught what Jacob thought was a blue, a small blue. Yeah, a little blue fish. Yeah. Which... I didn't even – he's like, those are fun fight. And I'm like, I want to be honest with you. He hit hard, and then I, I thought he was gone. I, I didn't even know. My three-ounce weight felt like more of a fight than I think that fish did. Well, I mean, bluefish, they get – Well, this was a size. super small one, too. Yeah. You saw my picture. I mean, yeah. I've got – I mean, it's like the – it would have been a small bass. I mean, it was mm-hmm. not a big fish. So, yeah. But I actually caught some stuff, which like one fish per day. <laughs> Which is better than normal. See, I I haven't had as much luck fishing on the Atlantic side in the surf as I have on the Gulf side. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with that, that there's more visibility. The fish are hunting a lot more, yeah. like, visually. And so you can get them to chase the paddle tails and stuff from the beach. Yeah. But on the Atlantic side, like, it is hard because it's – sometimes the – the surf is so much stronger yeah. that it's just difficult to fish. Well, and the beach I'm fishing too is, um, you know, I, I, I did go out like we talked about and trying to find those troughs mm-hmm. where the, uh, like I found those at low tide and it looked like I didn't check the date on the Google satellite imagery, but it looked fairly recent cause it was lining up pretty well Still with pretty where close. they were. Yeah. And so I was, when I, when I didn't know a spot, I was kind of banking on that, but I was telling Derek, this beach at low tide is a hundred yards. So I know there's a trough in there, but you imagine with water over it, trying to pick the 10 foot spot where there's a trough on a football field. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm casting and I'm like, I'm, I'm basically just experimenting with it. Cause you like, from what I understand, this is interesting to get your feedback for a guy one year in Florida told me, he's like, now you want to be casting in the surf. Everybody thinks you need to cast out past it for the big fish, but the big fish are actually in the surf. This was a local guy that seemed to know what he was talking about. And so I've always thought about that. I'm like, if I'm getting too far out there behind it, there's no activity, right? The fish are coming in for the bait fish and the surf. So I'm trying to stay there, but I'm also like, well, I think I'm past this trough, which is where Jacob was saying the predators would be coming through. So it was, it's a little challenging because you have such a wide, it's not like PCB where you have, the the tide doesn't even move. Yeah. I noticed that pretty quickly when we were there. I'm like, the difference between high and low tide is not much. Yeah. The good thing about, on the Gulf side where we have been going the last few years in Florida is that if you find fish one morning, it's not going to change a ton over the rest of the week. And so usually I, I, I will go straight to that spot mm-hmm. and you know, the way the, the troughs are and the current and all that stuff, like they will be back there the next day. Uh, but I'm t- the, the ocean on the Atlantic side is so much stronger that it, yeah. I think it affects a lot more than the Gulf. Well, I, I'm just happy I finally got something. Uh, but the where I was hitting the best, uh, kind of like you said, it was the same spot. So this tide pool where we were setting up on every day for the kids, it was awesome. I mean, it's truly like the best beach spot we've ever had. We had this deep tide pool, and then when high tide came in, the kids are, like, getting swirled all over the place. <laughs> like, they loved it. Uh, but what was happening was that tide pool was draining out. And it had cut a trough on the drain too. So I was, that's where I was getting the, having the best luck on getting bites. But man, the only thing about fishing with shrimp is like the tail will stay, but I was, I was cutting them in half. I don't know if it's what you're supposed to do. I was just making it up as I go. Uh, But if I didn't cut them in half, it was too much weight and they were flying off. Cause you, like Derek said, you got to like heft this thing out there. Mm -hmm. And so I would cut it off and then try to, the last day I finally developed a uh, proprietary way to hook the top of the shrimp 
to where it was staying. And I, I was getting like, I would, you know, five minutes, bring it back in just to see if it was still there. And like three cast out of one top. And that was like my big win, man. Like, it out. Yeah. Like the last day, which is literally the day we were leaving. I convinced my wife to leave a couple hours late to fish that morning. So that's it, man. That's my I story. Can't wait. It's I, not even that good of a story, but uh, I was pumped because it was like finally put to put something together myself on the beach. We'll be down there at the end of this month, down in in the Gulf again, and I've already got like my spots scoped out. The oyster beds that I'm gonna go fish with the kayak. Yeah, I can't wait to get down there, dude. I was thinking about it after uh, I'm gonna next year. I'm gonna do a little bit more satellite on the research because i think i could get down to before you've told me it's like down at the point you're like man that's where you should go uh but i was like i don't know man i thought that's a long way on the one wheel in the dark but on the beach i think i could cut that that's that's like two miles i think i could cut that pretty quick mm-hmm. um and like i'm moving i'm doing like 12 miles per hour on the beach uh with that one wheel it i'm telling you like for where i am because that sand gets compacted it is the ultimate surf rig, dude. Like, yeah, I just load up my backpack. I, now, if I was carrying, like, multiple rods and a wagon like a lot of these guys do, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do it. But you could – I was popping around. I would fish here for, like, 20 minutes. Like, eh, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm not in a good spot. And I'd move, like, 150 yards down, and I'd be there like that, you know? Yeah. It, it's awesome. Yeah, you it's should like, go hit that jetty for sure. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about it. So yeah. we'll see. But I had a good time. But now my – like, I'm kind of – I don't have a big any like excursions left in the year, so we'll see. I was gonna try to do something new for hunting this year, but I don't know. All right, now I'm living very day to day, week to week, just yeah. doing some local bass fishing. We're gonna go do some yeah. some fishing in North Carolina. Yeah, Dan Braden and myself here soon. Um, species is still up for grabs. We're gonna wait and see what the weather's like. Got that trip, and then the Florida trip will be my. Because I, I do like what Derek's saying. Is the, you know, the kids, my kids wake up early, so they're usually up about 6, 6.30, something like that. But I'll get up at 5, 5.30, get the coffee, get out to the beach, fish for a couple hours so that by the time they're done with breakfast, now I'm loading up the chairs and going out to the beach. And that is the best time of day. I mean, I've, I've caught more fish during those first couple hours of daylight than anything else. So yeah. that would be my, my week here in a couple That's weeks. That's what I was doing, but my kids were waking up early and driving my wife nuts and then they're waking up the youngest and so like Derek's like yeah it's like two easy hours I'm like there is no easy like once my kids are up at six or six thirty it was over because they wake up and it's light and then I mean it's 6 a.m and it's light outside well, and where we've been going we stay on the beach which is extremely helpful um because mm-hmm. then my wife can just send the kids out like the boys will just come yeah, out yeah that's and cool hang out they not possible fish, where chase I was. crabs yeah it does help. We were we did, fortunate to be able to do, do that. We did do some uh, crab hunting a couple nights. I never experienced anything like oh, that Oh, yeah. Before. The little yeah. ones? Yeah, just no. the little guys. Oh, dude, it's fun. Chasing. It was fun, yeah. It's nuts. So yeah. Freaky. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you went to, yeah, you and I stayed at the same place, well, different mm-hmm. times. Like, she's been, uh, did you know that Erica's been to that resort, too, that you were asking about? Oh, the big one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, she was there, That's like, a few like, months later, I think. Yeah. Um, the uh but the the panama city crabs are crazy i didn't know what there's was, a lot of ways you could interpret that yeah, yeah. <laughs> spring break, but i didn't know what was going on and it's like the first night well, i guess second night the explosion of flashlights on the beach the first night was 
really rainy and we just kind of stayed in but the second night i'm sitting up on the balcony out looking i'm like why it looks like a scene from like it almost looked like a scene from apocalypse now or something because like way down on the beach someone had this huge bonfire going so you could see this fire burning and then there's just like lights everywhere on the beach flashlights everyone's scanning. i'm like what is going on like a crab hunting Somebody lost a baby. <laughs> oh my god! Did they? Uh, <laughs> did they not? Uh, this is a super ignorant question, but like South Carolina is very diligent on the sea turtle protection. And when I went to Panama City, I'm like, there's no amount of that. Like, do they not nest there? As I don't know, because it's awesome. Where we go in St. George Island, it's the same way. They they are diligent about the lights, even the lights on the house. There, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah. They but, want you turning everything off. But PCB, off. like the light leak is awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just. Written, they've written I mean, it they, off. yeah, they got red lights on the outside of the building, but like they, I mean, it's a city. The, it's just like lights mm. freaking everywhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Very touristy. Yeah. 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 But we did see some sea turtles. I uh, assume they were sea turtles. I if mean, I turtles known, out in the ocean. So. I didn't realize you were going there. I would have sent you to Authentica which is a, a hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant that I, I sent Donovan there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, dude, that that is the best. It was He's like, it's stumbling distance from my uh, my hotel. We we did uh, we did a lot of eating in, which was good yeah. for a lot of reasons. But a, a, a few times we would go out and hit, like, the real touristy spots. You yeah. Know, go oh hit or whatever. Gosh. Go to Sharky's yeah. or whatever. But. Yeah. But Authentica. They, they, they're that. walking around with, like, a platter of tequila shots. Uh, you can get lingua. So that's always yeah, when you know, yeah. like you place kn- you know, um, yeah, dude, it was it was awesome. Oh yeah, like, I have to remember that if we go back. Yeah, my sister had COVID there. We were, she's like, I, I ate half of her taco and drank half of her margarita because oh. she didn't want it, and uh, she's like, it tastes funny. Turns out she just didn't have taste. I didn't get COVID from her though. Maybe so. the lingua. Yeah, maybe that saved uh, me. Superfood. Yeah. And the tequila. It's a little like, known fact about yeah. Lingua. It it's wards off COVID. It was the tequila. <laughs> Ugh. Dang. We're going up to Michigan in a couple weeks on Lake Huron. Mm-hmm. Big camping adventure. And we're talking to some like charters or guides up there to take us out. I don't have one solidified yet. And I also don't know what we're fishing. I just want to do it. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. How are you? Perch or walleye? Any of those. Those would both be great to eat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Those good. are the top two. Smallmouth is fun, but if you're gonna eat them, yeah, we we have a we have a large group of us going up, like maybe five different families, and we were talking about it this weekend, and we were like, "What are we gonna do when we get them? Like, how are we gonna bring them back?" And they're like, "No, we'll just cook them over the campfire, you dummy." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." You should yeah. put them in a cooler with ice too. So you get them back. And Okay. No. We'll Not a big cooler fan. That's <laughs> too, too much to like. Really don't like bring coolers. Back. <laughs> you know. No, I don't all. know. Well, like when you're packing your camper up there, you're also packing like a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't want to pack like a cooler full of fish. We saw a guy come back from South Carolina, <laughs> and we're we're just getting going. And I have this thing where like I get super annoyed with people that I don't know why this is the stupidest thing to get annoyed by. But if you drive around with a cargo container on top of your car and you do not pack your car to the brim to where you needed that, like Mm. it annoys me. And Mm. I I don't, it's just cause like, I'm like, you're losing gas mileage. They're, they're loud. They're hard to get into. So I like, I don't understand people that refuse to like pack the car to its max potential before going to that. 
So like this always comes up every trip. I I'm like I mean just look you can see straight through this car. Like obviously did not even try to pack it. And I'm sorry, Erica's kind of eyeing me. Maybe Tim does this. Maybe Tim's a no a, oh. no 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 no. <laughs> they have a camper, so they just throw we don't have a, a cargo thing. But the so this is like an ongoing thing. But then we were coming back, and I'm coming up on the CRV. And this dude has a, one of those Yeti coolers that's a bag cooler, but it kind of collapses down to a flat point on the top. He's got it roped onto the top of his car. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm coming up on it, and it's like real weird looking. Um, and I, I said, I tell my wife, I'm like, look at this guy putting stuff on his roof. Like, you can clearly see there's nothing in the back. And then she's like, well, I don't, that's kind of weird. I was like, yeah, plus whatever's in there, it's going to be cooking. The whole time he's yeah. going back, this cooler is going to be like, if he's got ice in there, it's going to be nothing but water with whatever he's got. She's like, well, maybe it's fish. Maybe it stinks. I was like, that's possible. But if it's fish, it's really going to stink. Get, like, wonder where he's going. He's we really get up and we see the Indiana license plate. And I go, I go, this is starting to make sense. <laughs> and then we get a little closer and he's got a, a, a University of Louisville sticker oh, on the back. And I'm like, me? I'm like, this is, this is uh, all coming together. All you got questions a, answered. Uh, yeah. Yep. Like they, that's why they, they don't know to do better than that. I was eyeing you because I was thinking of something else that also irked me like that. Um, do we have time for like a five minute I mean, story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when we went to Greece a couple weeks ago, brag. Um but when we did that, I feel weird saying like we went to Greece. Greece, Indiana. Greece. <laughs> Greece. I don't know Greece, if that's Greece. a thing. I made it up. Nope. Um there's a John the, Prine song there. The first part of the trip we went to Crete, which is an island on in Greece. Um and we did this hike. And it was supposed to be a 10-mile hike. Somehow it turned into a 13-mile hike. It went from, like, 4,000 feet down to sea level. Um, it was – there were – it was awful. <laughs> it was amazing and awful at the same time. That's the best kind of experience. Yeah. Because it wasn't like the national parks in America where there's, like, for real paths. It was, like, rocks everywhere. So imagine 13 miles of – not gravel either, like boulders and also rocks that were maybe like eight inches big. And the whole time you couldn't really look at what you were actually trying to see, like the vegetation and the wildlife and the big gorge. Like you had to look down the entire time at your feet and like where you were stepping. That night, all four of us dreamt of like foot placement (laughs) because we had done, it took us six and a half hours to do it. And we were one of the first people that finished it. So it was beautiful. We hiked down this gorge and it went from like beautiful um, trees and evergreens and then down to like this very hot ravine where there's like a gorge that's thousands of feet up and it was beautiful. However, um, also like every mile or two, there was like a bathroom where it was basically a wooden area and there was a hole in the ground. So say hole in the ground. Yeah, it was a hole in the ground. So we get, and there was also um, spring water going through it. So you could fill up your water container. So we get to the first spot and basically everyone, there's like thousands of people, not thousands. I'd say there's hundreds of people that were probably going through it this day. It wasn't like we were around people all the time because it was 13 miles of it. But the very first stop, a lot of people stopped because you don't know where the next one is and like you drinking water, whatever. So a bunch of people are stopping for this bathroom and I'm in line. 
And I'm going to, I've already told Jacob this story. I'm going to be a real jerk for talking about this family, but here we are. Um, so there's this family in front of me in line and it was like a mom and a dad and three or four kids. And they were all between probably 10 and 15 years old, like maybe three girls and a boy. And they're ahead of us. They're in their like Patagonia outfits with their shirts and their shorts. I'm such a biatch. Um, and it looked like they were one of those families that had like the, um, sweaters like tied over their shoulders mm, right okay preppy. yes the preppy little patagonia family which is great like i'm glad you're out hiking i wasn't judging them at that point okay it's that coming point. <laughs> um so we're in the line for this bathroom and i did not know it was a hole in the ground either um so the boy goes first and he comes out and tells the rest of the family um hey there's no toilet paper and i I don't think anything of it because that's just life and like I'm not trying to take a poop either. So whatever. And the three girls look back at mom. The dad's, he's not in line. And they're like wide-eyed like holy shit what are we going to do? And the mom is like wide-eyed too and she goes um I think we should turn around and like (laughs) not go to the bathroom. And I'm just over here and there's like what? And um, so the two girls, two of the three girls get out of line and they turn around and go to dad. And the one girl goes, what do you, I, I kind of have to go. And the mom goes, well, I think like, if you don't really have to go, you should wait for like the next one. And meanwhile, you don't know like when the next one's going to be. This is 10 Or if it's going to gonna have toilet paper. Yeah. Right. Like wait you don't. What? Yeah. Like, and also there were. There's no just stopping to squat on the side of this trail. Like, that's just not going to happen. There were people coming and going, like, you better go to the bathroom now. And so the mom goes, I mean, listen, daddy has napkins back there, but it's like, it's not enough for everyone. And so if you don't really have to go, like, we shouldn't use it. We should basically, like, times are tough for the Patagonia family. Yeah, we should basically, like, conserve this napkin. For the rest of the trip. And the girl goes, I still think I'm, I'm going to go. And the mom goes, I mean, what about chafing? And oh my I was gosh. like, what in the hell? This was loud enough for everyone to hear. And I was like, <laughs> chafing, what are you doing? And the girl goes, um, what? Is that where that comes from? And the mom goes, yeah. And so the girl was like, well, I, st- I still think I'm, I'm going to go. And the mom like turns around and leaves or whatever. And I'm, I'm just like, don't look at them. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Like, I can't do this. And finally, like the line continues to move. And the mom comes back up to the little girl and gives her like this little inch worth of napkin. And she's like, here you go. I got this from daddy. Um, but listen, like, if you don't have to use all of it, don't, because we really need to conserve it. I would have messed with that poor girl <laughs> when mom walked away. I wanted to be like, I'd be like, I never used okay. toilet paper. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be like, it's okay. You're not going to, like, unless you just pee all over yourself, you're, you're going to yeah. be fine. It was the weirdest. And so at that moment, I knew that this was probably their first hiking. I want to see their Instagram post from this you. trip. Talking yeah. about how their rugged, outdoorsy they are. Yeah. yeah. It was bizarre. Like, I'm glad that they were getting out and doing the thing because it was a pretty intense yeah. um, hike. But also, I was like, is this conversation so out of this touch. happening? That's where those outrageous reviews come from. It's like, the, the scenery is beautiful, but there was no toilet, no paper, toilet paper in the bathroom. Yeah. One star. Yeah. My Our family had to share one square. <laughs> I went to uh, 
France in 2005 with uh, as we were graduating, and like it was a bunch of kids. It was one of those educational tours. We did uh, France, Italy, and Spain, and uh, in France we hit one of those bath public bathrooms that had the holes in the ground, mm. and we're a bunch of American idiots mm-hmm. hitting this wide open. Everybody's like, "Oh my god," <laughs> <laughs> you know. And this one of my redneck uh, classmates comes back out of the bathroom and had ripped his shirt sleeve off. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. yeah. He's walking around with one shirt sleeve on because they're like they didn't have toilet paper. Uh, it's like so. I think he ended up ripping the other shirt sleeve off, just, if I remember correctly. Just rock it. Yeah, to like at least balance it out and not create as many questions. I would, oh, we were already God. obviously American. It's funny because they tell you, like, they're like, don't wear big logos uh, of brands because that, that's how they spot the Americans for pickpocketing. And then, like, after being there for five minutes, I was like, you don't have to have that kind of flag to know that we're the idiots. Like, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff about us yeah. that says we're the Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny doesn't have sleeves on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy's nickname is uh, Boo Bear. Boo Bear. Boo Bear. So that really starts to. Is he a big boy? No, I think that is a little ironic in the. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a picture in my mind. Yeah, I'm picturing Boo Bear, and I don't think it's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this one up. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. I'm glad I got to come back on the show. I've been on for a while, so yeah, you've been absent. Mm-hmm. Been absent. I've been been here, but not in here mm-hmm. uh, for the podcast. So it was fun to get to come on and BS around with you guys. So. Uh, I don't, you guys may have changed the sign off rules now. I don't even know. It's been so many episodes, but I'm going to do what I always do of thanks for listening. Make sure you log this on go wild. Um, go to the plus sign, hit log time outdoor podcast. You can find this podcast up at the top. Have, uh, Derek, Erica, Jacob, and myself, Brad on here. Give us a tag and let us know what you thought of, uh, Erica's poop story. Or peace story, maybe. It's, it's really. chafing. It's, it's kind of a chafing uncensored. story. We, yeah, we didn't really know it's where it was going to go. It's, it's not just an a uncensored episode. If no white poop chafe. story. Yeah, you let us know if you think it was a poop or peace situation. 